All right. Hello, everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell with uh, News and Views from the Nefarium on Thursday, July 26, 2018. Um, a couple of announcements and an apology in, in one of those announcements, and then we'll get down to a story that was sent by, we'll just call her Ms. K., and this is a story I find so interesting. I have to comment on it because had she not have sent this, I would not have known this happened. And possibly <laughs> you might not have either. I don't know. But anyway, the uh, two announcements are, first of all, there is a vid chat tomorrow. And that's the announcement that contains the apology. Because last week, folks, I had had the vid chat scheduled. And I know that some of you probably went looking for it, and I have to apologize. I had it in my head that it was this weekend. I was so busy working trying to finish the new book that I, I just got all discombobulated. So, yes, there is a vid chat tomorrow. And I have even set my alarm clock today to, to make sure I wake up tomorrow. Anyway, uh, the second announcement is, yes, the new book is done. Uh, I am going to try and self-publish this on Lulu. I've sent the uh, proofs and everything, and I've ordered a copy, of, a few copies, uh, so that I can proof it. If the copy is okay, uh, if, in other words, if it's not just chock full of all sorts of formatting errors and typographicals and all sorts of stuff, I'm going to go ahead and let it out and then have my proofreader proof it and then maybe re-upload at a later date uh, sans typos. But I do want to get it out. So um, it should be within the next few days that I'll know whether or not those, those proof copies are acceptable. If they are, then I will make an announcement here on the website and on the Facebook page and on the website forum. So kind of keep looking for that. All right, now let's get down to business. <laughs> Because this one mystifies me, folks, and um, I normally don't indulge in other people's high-octane speculation here, but in this case, I think the high-octane speculation is worth noticing and commenting about. I have, of course, my own um, two cents worth of, of additional octane, so to speak, to throw in at the end of it. This is an article, and I've linked it for you, titled, What Was Russia's Chief of General Staff Doing in Berlin with Talks with Merkel? And by the way, folks, this is datelined just yesterday uh, on July 25th, and it's an article that appears on uh, Russia Insider. It's written by Andrei Martyanov. So um, this is a Russian perspective, apparently, on this meeting between Chancellor and Merkel and the Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov and the Chief of the Russian General Staff. Now, talk about sending messages, all right? Here we go. And again, I'm picking just a few paragraphs, but quite a few paragraphs out of this very short uh, op-ed piece. And I'm starting at the very beginning on this one, quote, it is a rather peculiar development. No, not the fact of Lavrov meeting Frau Kanzlerin in Berlin, as was agreed prior to with Vladimir Putin. Nothing special about that. What is special and peculiar is that Frau Merkel also met with 
and he cites here, the meeting agreed last week by Merkel and Russian President Vladimir Putin was also attended by German Foreign Minister Heiko Maas and the head of Russia's military general staff, Valery Gerasimov, <laughs> said the spokeswoman to a statement. Now, I've linked this article. There's a big picture of, of General Gerasimov there. He's in a... Um, in full uniform, and he's, his shoulder pads are wearing a big star on his shoulder boards, which uh, that, as far as I am familiar with Russian military ranking, that's, that's actually the rank insignia of a field marshal, not, <laughs> not simply a general. So in other words, this guy, you know, whatever, whatever he is, he's pretty high up there if he's the chief of the Russian general staff. Anyway, the article goes on. Valery Gerasimov is not the kind of guy <laughs> who attends diplomatic meetings. <clears throat> Him being present in Berlin together with Russia's foreign minister signals something very important in the making. Discussing Syria? Sure, seems natural, but as Russia's news agencies report, and I quote, the issue of the Ukraine was also discussed, and I think that is it. Skipping a couple paragraphs. The Ukraine is a totally different issue. It was Frau Merkel and her cabal of psychophants, both internal and external, at the time, Francois Hollande and Victoria Newland in the American State Department and a few other people. We'll get back to them who made Germany one of the main driving forces behind the Ukrainian catastrophe, which followed a violent coup inspired and financed by the combined West. And again, I happen to think that's probably true. And let's add in there one significant player that everybody forgets, and that's GMO big agribusiness. Don't forget that certain... Uh, companies, we'll just refer to them as IG Farb and Santo, <laughs> were being angling for special port rights and given special port rights in the Ukraine to make the Ukraine a GMO paradise. And uh, I think that's a hidden issue here that's driving a lot of this politics. I think that's a hidden issue why <clears throat> you see the Russian government taking such an anti-GMO stance and trying to uh, reassert its control of ports, and it did so very forcefully with the uh, Crimean referendum and reincorporating the Crimean into, into the Russian Federation. So in other words, there is a lot of monetary and what I've been calling GMO geopolitics behind what's going on in the Ukraine. So let me continue. Uh, and I'll back up and reread that paragraph. The Ukraine, however, is a totally different issue. It was Frau Merkel and her cabal of sycophants, both internal and external, who made Germany one of the main driving forces behind the Ukrainian catastrophe, which followed a violent coup inspired and financed by the combined West. So Germany is one of the major culprits in creating a black hole in the midst of Europe and accidentally one of the main drivers behind the hysterical Russophobia in Europe. We all know very well how free and independent the German media are. Now, skipping a paragraph here, another significant 
uh, political development, economic development that this article mentions that, again, I have not heard anywhere else. So, again, folks, take this with a big grain of salt. Uh, but if this article is true, then it's, it's a whopper doozy. Fact A, Russia is completely to localize in Russia manufacturing of high-power gas turbines by 2019. Moreover, huge tax breaks will be given to companies using Russian-made equipment. Now, this is all about the Nord Stream pipeline, and here it comes. Recall who played a big role in this business in Russia prior to the Ukrainian events? Right, Siemens. That's the big German, you know, uh, electrical and equipment company maker. Their Siemens makes the MRIs that your local hospital probably probably uses, in addition to gas turbines, <laughs> conveniently enough. So anyway, recall who is a major player in this field in Russia? Right, General Electric. <laughs> hmm. This is not manufacturing of lingerie, ladies and gentlemen, that we're talking about here. And now skip another paragraph. Ah, yes, Helsinki. Recall Mr. Putin's offer to hold referenda in Donbass and recall his very own warning to the Ukraine not to do stupid things since it will be, well, the end of current Ukrainian statehood. Now, the last three paragraphs here, folks, are where this author, Andrei Martyanov, uh, is giving his own high-octane speculation. And before I read these, and again, this is kind of unusual procedure for these news and views, before I read these, I want to say that in the main... If this man is reporting accurately and correctly, I think he's on to something, and I think his own speculation has a lot of merit. I'm going to add a couple of my own speculations to his based on some things I've seen in watching all the articles that come into my inbox, my email, and looking at these articles, a lot of which I have not been able to verify, but, but I'm at least going to mention these stories because they're out there. You can do with them what you wish. Uh, and I'm going to add a couple of other things in addition to the timing factor that he's pointing out here, uh, that this is all taking place after the Helsinki summit. All right. So with that in mind, here's the last three paragraphs of this article. He says, quote, now, once one considers that the Ukraine is an anti-Russia asset for the globalist cabal in Washington and is, in fact, under the external control of Obama's operatives, again, I, I don't know, but there is a significant indicator that I'll get to in a moment, uh, under the external control of Obama's operatives against the facts that this whole Russiagate thing goes nowhere and fast, it is not only possible but highly probable that people such as former Vice President Biden or HRC, Hillary Rodden Clinton's State Department operatives, never discount McCain here, DNC and others will not be in their desperation against some conflagration in the Ukraine. In fact, it becomes a very probable scenario, anything, to sabotage Russian-American relations in general and the presidency of Donald Trump in particular. Now, I think that mention of Vice President Biden is very significant because if you go back and dig into the stories that were being published at the time that the Maidan coup was taking place and all of the post-coup fallout that began to happen, 
If you go back and dig into all of those stories, you will discover that Vice President Biden's son was one of the people that was at a key point involved in getting those port right access uh, rights to those ports in the Ukraine on the Black Sea for the big American GMO agribusiness companies like IG Farb and Santo. All right. So I think this little mention of Biden is dropping something into this analysis. And that makes me suspect that this is a, a piece that has some sort of tie to to Russian intelligence that they're putting out a message. Yes, we know who you are. Yes, we've got the details on what you've done. That's very important here in a minute, as we're going to see. Next paragraph. It is a general scenario, but this is precisely a scenario which would necessitate highly professional explanations from the chief of the general staff to some German state bureaucrat however, the highest of them all, meaning Chancellor and Merkel, what she and her vassals in Europe must expect if their very own German sons of you-know-whats in the Ukraine will unleash a provocation which will provide enough causes belly for Russia's southern military district to start the final countdown for the criminal Kiev regime and its pure Nazi accomplices. And again, this is not, I want to point out, this is not merely rhetorical hysteria here. The regime in Kiev had prominently displayed several symbols prior to its coming to power that were associated with the Ukrainian Waffen SS and Stefan Bandera from World War II. Now, this is not to, uh, short-circuit another aspect of history that's very important that people realize here. Um, and that is that the Ukraine was at the very tip of the spear of the communist crackdown on the kulaks, on the peasants, and the forced collectivization that resulted. And the Ukraine suffered heavily in terms of starvation at the hands of the communists prior to World War II. So there's, again, there's a lot of bad history and a lot of bad blood between Ukrainians and Russians and understandable what's going on here. But I'm simply pointing this out that the reference to Nazis in Kiev is not hyperbole on the part of the Russian government. Those connections do exist, all right? So let's go on to the final paragraph. But these are just my thoughts. Boy, I would love to hear at least five minutes of the Trump-Putin conversation tete-a-tete in Helsinki. In the same time, I can only imagine what kind of revulsion both Lavrov and Gerasimov felt toward the German leader who had managed, after almost 70 years of Germany being denazified, to help spawn a truly Nazi regime in Kiev. And that's how the article ends. Now, what this, the speculation on the part of this author is, is that this meeting between Lavrov and Gerasimov was simply a meeting to spell out the way it really is to uh, Frau Merkel and her government. And the speculation is that it concerns the Ukraine, and he's pointing out that this occurred after the Helsinki summit. Now, 
I want to add my own two cents to this speculation. In general, I think this gentleman is correct. I think what he's saying is watch the Ukraine now, watch Russo-German relationships. And I think the other thing that we need to mention here is that this meeting is now taking place when Chancellor and Merkel's government is very, very weak. All right. So if you're going to send messages to a weakened government, now's the time to do it. All right. But this also occurs, I want to point out, after the recent Trump-EU summit in Washington, D.C., where to all, to all appearances, and this is the way the Trump party, I, I, I don't know what else to describe it as, but the Trump party is trying to portray this as a big triumph for President Trump. Well, that remains to be seen, folks. Because essentially what Jean-Claude Juncker agreed to was, you know, all right, we're going to get rid of all of our subs subsidies to European corporations, and we're going to play on a level playing field with America. Well, tell that to Boeing, uh, because I highly doubt that France, Italy, Germany, and the United Kingdom or Spain are going to uh, give up the heavily subsidized Airbus industries and the big share of the market, air, the civil airline market that they've managed to carve out for themselves in competition with Boeing. All right. So in other words, I think there's a lot of hot air going on from both the American and EU sides after this summit. Uh, it remains to be seen what actually the Europeans are going to be willing to do, and for that matter, what the Americans are going to be willing to do. But it's worth mentioning and worth recalling that President Trump did specifically mention energy and energy supplies in his own comments after this summit. So in other words, Germany now is caught between Russia and America and has to make a decision on where it's going to get its energy from. And I suspect that another reason, therefore, that Gerasimov was there was to point out to the Germans that getting their energy from Russia, like it or not, was a lot more secure than getting their energy from America because that energy supply and that energy uh, pipeline, so to speak, can easily be interdicted if there should ever be a crisis. All right? So I think that was... Uh, a little bit of explanation, message sending that was going on in this Merkel-Gerasimov meeting. All right. The final bit of my own two cents in this that I want to mention is probably the weirdest, wildest, way off the end of the twig speculation. But there has been speculation or rumors going around on the Internet. None of it, as far as I can tell, substantiated. But rumors to the effect that President Trump, uh, Trump was given a file or intelligence matters on the internal American deep state cabal by President Putin. In other words, there has been speculation going around that there is some sort of intelligence cooperation not related to the Russia election hacking collusion business that we've been hearing so much in the West, but of an entirely different nature that 
Russia is now sharing information, intelligence information that it has on this cabal. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. Um, I suspect that it's worth entertaining because if there is this sort of sudden cooperation going on, now would be the time, again, for the Russians to share any incriminating or damaging information that they might have with Ms. Merkel. Now, why do I think that's worth entertaining in the context of this article? Well, it's very simple. You'll recall that the indictments that have just been handed down in this country against the so-called Russian intelligence agents were not indictments against the Russian state intelligence people, but Russian military intelligence people. That's the GRU, and that is, of course, ultimately answerable to General, or if he happens to be Marshal, uh, to Marshal Gerasimov. So if you're going to convey covert intelligence in a kind of a blackmail message, the way you would do it is let's have a meeting in Berlin with Frau Merkel and let's get the foreign minister and the chief of the Russian general staff to deliver the message. So something is going on, folks, I suspect, that it, that goes beyond the type of scenario outlined in this article, which for all intents and purposes, again, I'm, I'm saying I'm in agreement with, but I think there's other factors here that might be in play. Time will tell. Um, the Ukraine, I think, certainly is in play, but there could be uh, wider things going on, and time will tell. Anyway, that's it. Don't forget, vid chat tomorrow. Uh, be watching the website and the forum page uh, for announcement about the new book, and uh, we'll see you, I hope, all of you tomorrow in the vid chat, and we'll see you, the rest of you on the flip side. Bye-bye. God bless.